Psalms 23, starting in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So today, I'm just going to be preaching on that first verse right there in Psalms 23. That first verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Um, so I'm going to ask you, what, what do you all think the most important word in that verse is? What do you think the most important word in that verse is? I, I, I did this lesson to my recovering soldiers class, and of course most of them saying, the Lord, Lord, Lord. But there's, these, there's importance in all these words. Every word is important. Every little word is important. Let me explain how. Let's start with that first word there in that first verse. The. The is the most used word in the English language. It's the most used word. And it refers to a specific object. So if I say go over there and pick up the ball, I'm talking about a certain ball. If you've got a group of balls, I'm talking about the, uh, the certain one. Um, there are many gods, but the Lord is the real God. Amen. Many false gods, but the Lord is the true God. Amen. Many phony gods, but the Lord is the original God. Right. This is important. You can't say a Lord is my shepherd. You must say the Lord is my shepherd. There's importance in that little word, the. So that is an important word that all are important. Lord. Notice uh, most of your Bibles probably have that in all caps. When the Lord appears in all caps, that means Yahweh um, or the original spelling of Y-H-W-H. When I did the backtracking and looked at the Hebrew, uh, they, you know, they didn't want, they thought the, the name of the Lord was so holy that they wanted to put something in place of that. But instead of reading it just in studying stuff, they wanted to put the word Lord there in place of Yahweh because it was such a holy name. The Jews didn't want the name of the Holy Lord God to be said during readings. So they picked the word Lord or the Hebrew word Adon- Adonai, I don't know how to pronounce it, A-D-O-N-A-I. The Hebrew word, which means master or owner. Because God is sort of our, he's our master and he's our owner. Think of a landlord. They own the land. Lord, owner. They're a master or owner of the land. Um, but So Lord in all caps means Y-H-W-H. And then we later turn it into Yahweh by adding an A and an E because we like to use vowels. And then Yahweh turned into Jehovah and Jehovah Jireh, provider. And it all starts from that Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. You know, when Moses went to the burning bush and uh, the Lord, he said, what should I tell the Israelites when I go? Who, who sent me? Who should I say sent me? And the Lord says, go tell them I am that I am. I am that I am. In other words, God's name means that he is the one who is and the one who will be. Um, God's existence doesn't depend on anyone or anything else. God simply is. God is love. God is life. God is death. God is light. God is the past. God is the present. God is the future. Um, God is all. Whether some believe it or not, over time we added an A into the E, like I said earlier, um, because we like vowels. But there's something about those four constant letters, Y-H-W-H. 
And I was looking, I've, a, lot, a lot of sources, there are a lot of researchers that went into that YHWH and it ac- actually replicates breathing sounds. It actually replicates bre- the breath. Um, so when you breathe in, that's the YH, and when you breathe out, that's the WH. It replicates breathing sounds. Um, so a baby's first cry, his first breath speaks the name of God. Amen. A deep sigh calls his name or a groan or a gasp that is too heavy from your own words mentions God's name. Even atheists speak his name unknowingly, unaware that their very breath is giving acknowledgement to the God who created them. Likewise, a person leaves this earth when there is no more air in their lungs, when they no longer can praise the name of God, that's when they die. So Yahweh replicates breathing. Um, you can't utter anything else. Your cry is calling out to God. Your cry is saying His name. Being alive means we speak His name constantly. Your very breathing is giving God praise. God chose to give Himself a name that we can't help but speak. Every moment, We're alive, all of us, always. Everywhere walking, sleeping, breathing with the name of God on your lips now. You don't have to worry about saying a prayer when you die because when you're breathing, you're giving praise to God. If you lose your mind and all that's left is your breathing, you're still giving praise to the God that gave you life. Um, And there is no Catholic way of breathing. There is no Baptist way of breathing or Pentecostal or Presbyterian way of breathing. Or There is no way of breathing. We all breathe. God gave us all breath to praise Him. Thank God we are children of the Lord. Amen. The Lord. And look at that next word, is. Is means currently, um, right now, present tense, a right now God. Um, so let me tell you, you can't say the Lord was my shepherd. You can't say the Lord will be my shepherd. He is my shepherd. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. Presently and always will be and always has been. Right now, God will never fail you. Right now, God will never leave you. Right now, God will never delay. Right now, God hears us. He sees us. Right now, God responds to us. Right now, God loves us. Right now, right now, the Lord is. The Lord is right now. That next word, my. That's, that's my favorite word. Like I said, they're all equal, but that's my favorite. Let me tell you, it's one thing to say the Lord is a shepherd. It's one thing to say the Lord is your shepherd. It's one thing to say the Lord is our shepherd. But when you say the Lord is my shepherd, yeah. and that personal connection with the Lord, Amen. that personal connection that we get with the Lord, when you make Him my, my shepherd, that's wonderful that we can say the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. He created us. He's my shepherd. Yeah. Amen. Um, that has to be between you and God, my shepherd. So you can, you, there's many ways you can get personal with the Lord, reading your Bible, praying. It doesn't mean nothing to come to this church. And that'd be the only time we pray and read the Bible. God wants us to get personal with him. God wants us to make him our shepherd and make him where we can say, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. That is between you and God. You had to say the prayer. You had to be the one to ask Jesus to come in your life. You had to be the one. Your mama couldn't have said the prayer. Your daddy couldn't have said the prayer. And I know this might sound crazy, but even your grandma, that praying woman, 
couldn't even say say the prayer for you. Had to be you. You had to get personal with God. If you're saved here tonight, you had to get personal with God. You had to make him your shepherd where you can proudly say he is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. You can know a lot about God without knowing much about him. You can know a lot about him without... A lot about God would know much. So there's people that come to church many years and they ain't even saved. They know about all the things of God, but know nothing about Him. And then likewise, you can know a lot about godliness without knowing about God. Look at the Jews. They know every law there is, but they don't know God. They don't know Jesus. And He's the only way. I'm proud to say today, the Lord is my shepherd. And then we come to that word shepherd. We come to that word shepherd, a personal description of our Lord. Personal description. David wrote this psalm. David, the writer, was a shepherd as a young boy. He probably wrote the psalm in his older age, which shows you he didn't forget where he came from. He didn't forget what God put him through when he was a little shepherd boy. David compares God to a shepherd, and he knows all about that job. A shepherd is someone who tends to and cares for sheep. There are more than 500 references to sheep in the Bible. Sheep represented chief wealth and livelihood of people. They provided food to eat, milk to drink, wool for making cloth, um, sheep covering the tents. There was many different things that sheep could be used for, many different things. Sheep were used as a medium for exchange. They would exchange sheep, sheep um, and as a source for sacrifice, of course. We know that. The point, sheep are very valuable, but at the same time, very dependent, dependent on their shepherd. Isaiah 53, 7 says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, a sheep, so he opened not his mouth. Isaiah is saying, a sheep when they're being led to the slaughter is dumb. They don't know what's about to happen. Uh, The sheep is defenseless. Sheep are not known for attacking their prey. Sheep are not known for running off their oppressor. Sheep are defenseless animals. Um, if sheep are attacked, inevitably they are destroyed. They're in constant need of care and guidance. They're prone to wonder. They must be guided. They must be defended. They must be sheltered. They must be looked out for. They must be watched. Why? Because they're, they're gullible. They're easily led astray. They're defenseless. They cannot defend themselves. They can't take care of themselves. Sheep can't do it. They need somebody looking out for them, leading them, somebody defending them, somebody um, guiding them, somebody taking care of them. I'm just telling you, sheep, they're, they're very valuable, okay? That's what I want you to get from this. They're very valuable, and they need somebody to protect them. Sheep are needed. Sheep are utilized. Sheep are not expendable. Sheep are something that we depend on, but they cannot su- survive without a shepherd. Sheep can't. God knew exactly who he was going to use to write down this psalm when this psalm was wrote down. He knew exactly who it was going to be. David, who remembered, um, who remembered what it was like to be a shepherd, he was the perfect person to write down this psalm because it was personal for him. It was personal. David, who remembered while his older brothers were out in the battlefield, he was sitting there taking care of the sheep. He was the one back there taking care of the sheep. He knew the job of the shepherd. They remember how when the bear came to attack the sheep and when the lion came to attack the sheep, the bear died and the lion died because... David protected his sheep. David knew he was a good shepherd, but he knew who the great shepherd was. He knew exactly who the great shepherd was. David remembered 
um, when he wrote Psalms 23, he just wasn't talking as a shepherd who takes care of the sheep. He was also talking as a sheep that was getting taken care of by a shepherd. So when David picked up his pen, he wasn't writing as the man watching over the sheep. He was watching as the sheep getting watched over. He was writing as a sheep getting watched over. He was thinking himself as a sheep. When David wrote Psalms 23, he wasn't thinking about them sheep he was watching. He was thinking about the sheep he was. We're just dumb sheep. We need a shepherd. We need a shepherd. Um, David thought about he was led astray, how he couldn't fight off the enemy, how he committed adultery, how he murdered people. He thought about those times that he was led astray. He knew he was defenseless. He was broken. He was in need of a shepherd. He knew that. What was David saying about God? He was saying that God cares about me. He knows me. He understands me. He watches over me. He protects me. He guides me. He's gentle with me. He nourishes me. He comforts me. He fights for me. He's attentive to me. He is for me. He stays near me. He will never leave me. He would die for me. David knew who his shepherd was. He would die for him, and he did. That's what happened on Calvary. He died. The shepherd died for you, for you. See, let that sink in. He did it for you. How hard, how hard would that be? Could you give up your son for the world, for somebody you don't even know? Could you do it? Could you? But God did. The Father did. He sent his only begotten son and gave him up on Calvary. He's the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd. Think about what David's trying to say. He, he can meet it. He can meet your every need. He's your shepherd. Uh, whatever the burden is, he can carry it. Whatever the decision is, he can guide it. Whatever the problem is, he can handle it. Whatever the hurt is, he can heal it. He's my shepherd. Is he your shepherd? When the Lord is your shepherd, you can trust in God no matter what happens. He's watching over you. He's right there with you. He will see you through. He's your shepherd. So when you look at this very first verse, don't just read it. Don't just read this verse. Don't just quote it because your mama made you. Don't just say it because you learned it as a kid. Don't just lock it. It doesn't mean anything. Don't just repeat it and forget what it's saying. This is a shepherd who was also a sheep. This was a man who cared for sheep, who was a sheep that needed to get care. This was a defenseless, this was an unintelligent, this is a wandering, gullible, helpless man saying, I need somebody to take care of me. He needed somebody to take care of him. But in Psalms 23, he said, I don't just need it. I don't just long for it. I don't just got to have it. I don't have it. I do have it. The Lord is my shepherd. He knew. He said, I'm, I don't need a shepherd. I have a shepherd. Think about that when you're in those tough times. If you're saved today, think about that when you're in those tough times. You don't need a shepherd. You already have a shepherd. You already have one. And he will take care of you. He's the best shepherd that ever lived. The Lord is my shepherd. Aren't you glad that Psalms 23 doesn't say the Lord can be, the Lord might be, the Lord has been, the Lord will be, the Lord claims to be? The Lord is a good candidate for, but the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. says the Lord is my shepherd. We're living in a world where kids don't know that. They don't know if they're for something or against it, you know, and whether murdering a baby is the right or wrong thing to do. Um, and then gay marriage, whether you're a male or a female, they don't even, 
Victoria, when she went into the, um, her ultrasound, they, or when she was in the hospital, her water broke, I'm sorry, um, they asked her, do you go by male or female? And of course, she said female. Then she said, the baby, what is it, what is it or is it going to be a boy or a girl? And she said, it's going to be a girl. And she said, are you going to continue calling it a girl after it's born? They asked that in, the, in there. They, what is the world? The world, this is the world we live in today. Divorce rates higher than they ever have been. We got all these pornography websites for these young kids to go to. I mean, it's just anxiety, depression. People are struggling with fear over this COVID. Church attendance lower than it ever has been because of this COVID. They want help. They just look in the wrong places. See, they they can't. They cannot find help in the medicines that they go to. They can't find help in the counselors. They can't find help from preachers even. They can't even find help in churches. The church don't even know what they want to do half the time. Well, even Because remember, remember what I said, we're just dumb sheep in need of a shepherd to guide us. We can't do anything without God. If God's not in this church, then, we, then this ain't a church to be in. But God's in this church. God's in this church. And, and, and when God's in something, don't leave over something petty. Don't, a little argument that happens. This is unity. We're, we need to be a family. When God's in something, we need to join together and give worship to Him and see how we can start building, see how we can start growing spiritually. In numbers, we can do it. We can do it. God can do it. God can do it. We don't, it's, it's just crazy. We don't even know. We're saved. We're going to heaven. We have the Holy Ghost living inside of us, and we sometimes don't even know what we're doing. We want to make these decisions that we know ain't right. We got the Holy Ghost living inside of us. How do you think that makes him feel? I'll tell you one thing. It probably breaks his heart every time he sees us do something wrong, every time we sin. It's important when we, when we acknowledge the sin that we ask for forgiveness straight away. Ask for forgiveness. Get, get clean before, you, before God. Get clean before Him. Remember, we're done, dumb sheep trying to live your life as dumb sheep. Try to live your life as dumb sheep managing finances or dumb sheep making life-changing decisions or dumb sheep facing the enemy. We're all dumb sheep in need of a shepherd. Aren't you get glad David said, the Lord is my shepherd? Not your mama, not your daddy, not the government, not the president. Not Buddha and Muhammad, who are both dead under the ground. But the Lord, who arose on that third day, and He's still alive today. He is my shepherd. Not anybody else. It says the Lord is my shepherd. Don't depend on yourself. Don't depend on yourself. Depend on the Lord to help you through things. Don't. If you depend on yourself, go go out there and stand in front of the roadway. See what happens to you. See what's going to happen. You're not. It's not going to be pretty for you. I'll tell you that. We can't depend on ourselves. We've got to depend on our shepherd to help guide us, help lead us where we need to go. Remember the 99, the parable of the lost sheep. The one went away, and the Lord left his 99 and went and got that one. We're sheep. We're compared to sheep many, many times in the Bible. We're just sheep. He's called uh, the good shepherd in John 10, 11. He's called the great shepherd in 1 Peter 5, 4. He's called the chief shepherd. In Hebrews 13, 20. Truth is, he's the best shepherd. Um, He's the only shepherd. He's the perfect shepherd. He was perfect, had no sin. What a shepherd giving his life for the flock. 
And then we come to that last phrase, I shall not want. I shall not want. Let me tell you, because he is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not. I, I, I shall not want. Um, listen, if you're wanting right now, you forgot who your shepherd is. If you're wanting right now out there, I'm telling you, you need to look and decide to figure out who your shepherd is. Because the Bible says the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want. He provides all you need. You aren't going to um, He knows all you need. He provides all you need. Just like that song I sang in the sparrow, it's not worried about tomorrow. The sparrows out here aren't, ain't worried about tomorrow. The birds ain't worried about tomorrow. They, they know they're going to be fed. If the animals, if we can look at the animals and see that, and we can't do that, and we're made in God's image, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Remember, these, are just, these ain't just words to memorize. You've heard them over and over and over and over. You've heard these words. But think of the true meaning behind these words and how important it is to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He knew what environment you'd be in, what parents you'd have, the people you'd meet. Your life before it even happened, he knew it. And he is not going to give you anything you can't handle. If you are going through a trial in your life, he's still with you because he is a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. He won't leave you. Um, you're in the trial for a reason. Romans eight twenty eight. all things happen for good of those who love the Lord. All things happen for good. It doesn't say some things happen for good, right? It says all things happen for good. Every, every single storm, every single trial that we go through, it happens for good. The Bible says that. Do, you, do we not know that God, the same God that created the universe in six days has the power to pluck us out of this situation and put us in another situation? He has that power. He can do it in an instant. He can do it in a second. He can meet, take all your troubles away. Yet we lay there and we whine and gripe and we moan and complain. We're not, being, we're not trusting the shepherd. The sheep trust their shepherd. The sheep follow their shepherd. The, the sheep go where the shepherd goes. So for the ones that ain't here on Sunday night, <laughs> who, who's their shepherd? The shepherd, you, you have to have a change when you make somebody the shepherd. When you meet the good shepherd, there's going to be a change. Like brother said this morning, Frank, when you get saved, there's going to be a change. When the Holy Spirit who is holy, a holiness we can't even understand, a holiness where you t- take a piece of candy out of a jar, you're automatically separating from it because that's how holy he is. You can't comprehend how holy he is. When a ho- something holy like that moves inside of you, there's going to be a change. There's going, to be, there's going to be a change going. There's going to be a way that you can't... There's going to be... It's just... The Lord will compel you to do things different. The Lord compelled me to do things different. That He compelled me. You, you understand? I, what, I honestly... You know, I said the prayer when I was younger. I said the prayer when I was younger. When I was eight years old, I said it. And I lived the same way right after. I lived the same way right after. And I know that whenever I got come here to this, uh, when Tina invited me to church and I came over here and then I heard about that revival and I went over there. As far as I know, that's whenever I got saved. To be honest, that's when I got, because, because that is when I had my change take place. 
I was never thinking about coming to church. I was living in the world. had no idea. I didn't care about God. God was in the back of my mind while I was doing these things. There was no change. No change. I was living in the land. I knew who God was. And I feel like that's a lot of problems with the Christians today that say they're Christians. Are they really? They might think they are. But it says straight as the gate narrows the way. It said it'd be harder. It even says it's hard. It's hard to get to heaven. Jesus said that in Matthew. He said it was hard. It's hard to get to heaven. I'd have to quote the verse, but it's hard to get to heaven. It's not an easy thing. So people think that they just say a prayer and don't mean nothing by it. Then they're not really saved. They can't, the Lord's prayer isn't what saves them. The blood of Jesus is what saves them. The blood of Jesus, it's, it's when they follow their shepherd. It's when they get in line as a dumb sheep and all their decisions are made based on what their shepherd tells them. Whenever the Lord starts compelling you to do things and you start making decisions differently, you start living differently, you start doing things differently, you're following your shepherd. You're making him your shepherd. Everybody is here tonight. I, I, I believe, I believe. I th- I think all you are saved, but we don't know. Like I said earlier, there's people that's been to church many, many, many years. So every time I preach the word, listen, God needs to take control. God needs to take control because there could be somebody that doesn't know Jesus out there. There could be somebody that doesn't know the Lord out there. That's, there's importance in that. We have to treat every, every time that we're up here at preaching the word, we have to treat it like every, there might be somebody out there that's lost. We don't know. No one knows. But God knows. And God will compel you. He'll knock on that door. And there will be a time where it will be your last time if you haven't made him shepherd of your life. In those two phrases, the Lord is my shepherd. He takes care of all my needs, meets my deepest needs. He is aware of every need in my life. And then I shall not want. I will have everything I need. I shall not lack anything I need. It does not mean I will have everything I want, desire. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean you're going to get the biggest mansion and the nicest car. That's not what I shall not want means. It means I shall not need anything else that I need. God's going to provide you the air to breathe. He's going to provide you the food to eat. He's going to provide you. If you're saved, child of God, He's going to provide you. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 6 real quick. Matthew chapter 6 verse 25. Therefore I say to you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. It's not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to this stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yes, I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? Or you of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or uh, wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. 
um, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You won't lack anything you really need if you follow your shepherd. If it is a good thing for you, you'll get it. God will give it to you. You will not be in want of anything when the Lord is your shepherd. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. In whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Philippians 4.11. Paul wrote that. He's saying that be content with where you are. Be content with what you have. Um, In whatever state you're in, whether you're in prison, whether you're in depression, whether you're in anxiety, whether you're in poor finances and struggling, be content because the shepherd will provide. Be content if you're a saved Christian here tonight. Be content with whatever situation you're in because the shepherd will meet every need. The shepherd will meet every need. Paul also states, um, I'm not sure what book, but Paul also states that no matter what goes on here in this world, it's nothing compared to the glory we'll receive in heaven. It's nothing. There's nothing in this world tonight that will separate you from going to heaven if you're saved. There's nothing. Like I heard it in Sunday school this morning. There's nothing. It doesn't matter. What, what can man do to us? If God be for you, who can be against you? There's nothing that nobody can do to you. Your shepherd is going to meet those needs. Do you believe? It says faith. Uh, have faith. Um, you know, his faith is little as a mustard seed. In an instant, you know, he has that power, like I said earlier, to take you out of one situation and put you in another in an instant. But he might not do it because we're gripping and moaning and complaining. He wants you to pray to him. Hey, shepherd, I just, I love you. Lord, I thank you for giving me clothes. I thank you for giving me transportation, Lord. I thank you for the air we're breathing. I thank you for the food we're eating tonight, Lord. Thank you for blessing me all these years of my life. Just because I have this little thing going on right now, I can't compare that to anything that you've given me. I can't do it. Lord, I can't compare it to what you did for me. The pain and torment you went through for me. The little thing I'm going through is nothing. I'm sitting there preaching with a broken arm tonight. But thank God he didn't break my neck. God, God, God could have broke my neck. And you know what? If he did break my neck, I'd probably still be preaching to you in a wheelchair. And I'd still say, thank God he didn't kill me. You see what I'm saying? we got to thank God in every situation because it all works out for the good. It all works out for the good. The Word says all things work together for good, not some things. Like some people think. Some people take their eyes off the Lord in these hard times, and that's the times that God wants you to turn your eyes toward him. That's when Jesus had his eyes on the farther more than ever right there when he was headed. Father! Take this cup from me if there be any. And he said, there's no other way. And Jesus already knew there was no other way. He knew there was another way. He did it. He did it. And he was unrecognizable. You couldn't recognize him. The pain he went through, the crown of thorns. They said the whip, the cat of nine tails that pulled the flesh off his back. They say you could see his spinal cavity because they, it tore so much flesh off his back. Any other man would have died then. But he knew he had to keep going on. He had to face those six hours on the cross where God poured his wrath on him. Where he, where he took our punishment. Yeah. Look, if it takes six hours for a holy God to suffer, six hours. See, God could have killed him in a minute. God could have killed him in a second. God could have done it in a second. He could have done went through all that in one second. It took six hours. That shows you right there how bad we are. 
that shows you how much, how dumb we are, how, how, what dumb sheep we are. God said, I'm the good shepherd though. I'm the good shepherd. I'm going to take care of you. When the lion comes your way, when the devil or when the bear comes your way and turned when the enemy comes our way, our shepherd's going to fight them off. Our shepherd's going to fight the enemy off. And we lose sight of that. Be content and know who your shepherd is. You'll have food. You'll have shelter. You'll have everything you need. You ain't going to get what you want. If you want to get out of a trial, that's, <laughs> that's what you want. God's saying that ain't what you need, though. See, there's times we go through these bad times in our life, and we think we, it's best if we get out of them. But God's saying, no, it ain't best. Get in line and follow your shepherd. You're a she- I'm your shepherd. Follow me. I will show you the right path. You're going and going astray. Follow me. Get in line. I'll show you where the green pastures are. I'll show you where the still waters are. Sometimes God will pick us up. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He'll pick us up and lay us down in green pastures. But you know where, if you're saved, you're in, a, you're in a green pasture everywhere you go. No matter what storm you're in, you're in a green pasture. You're in a green pasture. Every time you come to church, you're hearing the word. You're getting fed by the word. How many times have we left church and said, wow, I really needed that. That was good. I really, God really spoke to me tonight. Wow, that was a message from God. God, God knows what we need. And sometimes that helps us. Sometimes that helps us like, wow, that really spoke right to me. That's God. That's God. That's the shepherd. That's the shepherd feeding you from the green pastures. That's the shepherd saying, I, I know what you need. This is what you need. This is, this is going to help you praise me. This is going to help you go home and pray to me tonight. This is going to help you go home and read the Bible tonight. This is going to help you go home and worship me. This is going to make you want to come back Sunday night next week. This is, this is going to do great things in your life. This message is what you need. That, that's how we need to walk into church every time we walk into church, to, to hear a message from God. It isn't me. Like Brother Terry said last, last week, I really like what he said. I want to be transparent. And you see Jesus through me. It isn't Frank up here. It isn't me. It's Jesus. It's God. It isn't Billy in Sunday school. It's Jesus. We don't have nothing. We're dumb sheep. We're in need of a shepherd. The shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. He will provide everything you need. Perhaps David's greatness was in the way he saw God. The Lord is my shepherd. Perhaps that was... The, David, he, he saw God as a shepherd. Maybe that's why he had such a heart for God. Because he truly saw it. Here's a quote. Um, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Think about that. If you see God as not real, your life's going to show it. If you, see, uh, if you see Him as holy, your life's going to show it. If you see Him as the shepherd and you truly, truly, truly think about it and truly see Him as the shepherd you're not going to groan and complain ever again because you see him as the shepherd. So whatever you see God as shows your character. Depending on how much you truly believe, how much faith you have, God's at, and the more and more it's going to be a struggle from the time until, the, but you know what? If you're breathing air right now, if you're breathing that breath of life, if you're breathing that breath of life, we're praising God. If we're breathing that breath of life, then you still got something to do for the Lord. You still got something to do. Until the time you take that less breath. 
So what comes into our mind and what we think about God is how we truly see. And the devil, God will help us fight off the lions and bears. Like I said, when the devil comes, when the devil comes, what do you do? How do you fight off the devil? How do you fight him off? The shepherd will help you. You know, when you, we look back, it said, uh, I want to say it's Paul again that says Christ is our example. Is that Paul said that? Christ is our example. It says it somewhere. He's our example, which I can tell you that. I don't need, to, I don't need Paul to tell you that. Christ is our example. He is our example. How do we fight the devil off? We look back at what Christ did in, when he got tempted in the desert. Right? What did he do? He could have sent down every angel from heaven. But he didn't do that because we can't do that. He could have showed him all his glory. He could have unleashed his glory on Satan and Satan would have fled. But we can't do that. We can't do that. There are some things we can make the devil do though. And just when we look at what Jesus did to get the devil to get off his back. He used the word of God. He went to the Word, said, It is written, man will not live off bread alone. It is written, you shall, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And then it says, The devil fled. So, what do you do when the devil starts getting in your head and you're starting to watch the news and documentary comes on and starts talking about the Big Bang and evolution and theories and starts, thoughts start running through your mind? Like, hmm, I wonder if that is. I wonder if that is how it happened. I wonder if maybe under, that's the devil. It is written. It is written. Amen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The devil will run. The devil will run. It is written. It is written. And then you, oh, oh, I don't know. I know this has probably happened to everybody. It happened to me. You know, thinking, I'm, am I really saved? Maybe I'm not saved. Maybe I'm not saved. Devil, it is written. Um, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart, God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It is written. You can't do it. You can't do this. You can't make it through this. You can't make it through this. Oh, devil. It is written. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, when you see that alcohol, your former alcoholics, if you see that alcohol there and the devil starts getting your head, uh, God's not going to. He'll forgive you. He'll, he'll, take, he'll take care of it. Just, just go ahead and drink you one drink. Go ahead and take your, take your head off that joint. Go ahead and pop that pill. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead. Devil. It is written, whether therefore you eat. I know we got some eaters out here. Whether therefore you drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I said whatever you do, that means whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever, even when you're sleeping, when you're breathing, you're praising God, right? You got to give glory to God in all you do, everything you do, walking, riding a bicycle, Look, that was hard when I had that wreck. But <laughs> I, you got to give glory to God, okay? And I did. The whole way to the hospital, I was singing hymns. You can ask Chance and my brother back there. I was singing hymns the whole way to the hospital because you got to give glory to God in those bad times. you got to give glory to God in those good times. God wants you to give glory to, glory to Him in all you do. The devil comes at you again, Lord. Or, or, the devil comes at you again, huh. You're going to need this. You're going to need this. Oh, rent's coming up soon. You're going to need this. You're going to need this to pay this off. You're going to need this. Devil, it is written. It is written. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. Say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. Say it. Say it. The Lord is my shepherd. Do you really mean the words you're saying? Do you truly mean the words you're saying? Prove it to him. Show him that he's your shepherd. Show him. Say, the Lord is my shepherd. He's my shepherd. 
The Lord is my shepherd. The one and only. Listen, did you, if you truly see this God way, let's look at, let's rephrase that first verse right here. The one and only. Yahweh, Jehovah, Jireh, God Almighty, provider. The one, the Lord, the Yahweh, the Lord, is currently and always will be my personal shepherd, my personal shepherd who provides and leads me where I need to go. I shall not need anything else in my life because he will provide for me. I'm going to ask you again, do you see God this way? Do you truly see God this way? Because the more you see God this way, the more your life, you'll start to be content like Paul was. Paul turned out to be one of the worst Christians of all time to one of the greatest Christians of all time because of what he did. He gives us an example in all these, these uh, books, these letters and stuff he wrote. We have that to look at. Paul was a wonderful man of God. He still had a thorn in his flesh, though. We're going to have thorns in our flesh. But in those thorns that we have, we still got to go to our shepherd. So do you see God this way? Is the Lord your shepherd today? 